This is John Jackson Miller, and you're listening to the Star Wars Canon Podcast. May the Force be with you. There were stories about what happened. It's true. Hey everybody, welcome to this episode of the Star Wars Canon Podcast, episode 21. Thank you guys so much for tuning in tonight. Uh, It's going to be a hell of an episode. We've got so much to talk about. Uh, Celebration this year was an insane celebration. Uh, A lot more came out of it than I guess I was really expecting, but uh, there's, there's, there's so much to talk about. If you just look in the description below of this video... There's a list of everything we're going over, so it's it's going to be insane. We're going to be talking celebration. Uh, we're going to be taking some mailbag questions, and then I think at the end of the show, we're going to go through and take some live questions from the chat board from you guys. So uh, let's just jump right into this, because this is going to be an insanely long episode, and uh, I, I, I'm very excited about this episode. So here we go. Let's get right into this. Right off the bat, the big news, the biggest uh, piece of news to come out of celebration this year uh, was of course uh, the panel for Star Wars Episode Nine, and uh, which which now you know we have a title for. We've got uh, you know the title is uh, the Rise of Skywalker. We finally got that. I, I knew from the beginning. I knew a long time ago, and you can go back and, and watch some of the older videos. Uh, I called it a long time ago. They were going to do the Avengers Endgame uh, type marketing with this movie, where they were going to show the title. For the first time at Celebration during the first trailer. I called that a long time ago. And I'm so glad they're doing it that way. Uh, I thought that was a great way to do it. Um, but, you know, and, and, and I'm going to address uh, another issue later on in one of the mailbag questions. Um, so so we'll, we'll get there eventually. But the panel was kind of lackluster, to be honest. Really didn't learn anything new that we didn't already know. We knew a couple of characters' names and, and whatnot. But the big takeaway from... The panel itself was the title and the trailer, obviously. So, uh, the the trailer, uh, I did a reaction video to the trailer. I had the title uh, ruined for me, so I I, uh, I went into the uh, into the trailer knowing what the title was. But uh, I've got a reaction video up on the channel for that trailer. Definitely go check that out. Um, and and you know, like I was saying with the the panel kind of being a little lackluster, uh, I'm I'm a very firm supporter of the new Star Wars films. Uh, of the, I guess you could say the the Disney era, but I've got to admit, J.J. Abrams, the director of the film, for those of you who don't know, J.J. did not seem very. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't want to say. I don't want to say he felt he sounded unsure. He sound, he didn't sound very enthusiastic about Episode Nine, not the way he did for the Force Awakens back in 2015. That was a huge celebration too, but. He was gung ho for the Force Awakens on that trilogy and or on that uh, on that panel, and this one not so much. I don't know if maybe he's just tired, you know, doing these films is just exhausting him and breaking him off. I mean, we've heard stories about Joss Whedon with the first Avengers and second Avengers. How I mean, he was limping walking into some of these premieres because he was so broken from making these movies. It's entirely possible, but. Uh, like I said, the big takeaway was the trailer. So uh, not only do we have uh, the title of Episode Nine finally, The Rise of Skywalker, which itself opens up an entire new realm of speculation, right? 
who's it who's it talking about is it ray is it kylo uh it, it's it's just that was the title nobody saw coming and i even put out a a status on the Facebook page saying anybody who guesses the title, this is like a week ago. Uh, I said, or I guess it would have been two weeks ago at this point. Uh, anybody who puts out, uh, or guesses the title of episode nine correctly, I'd send them whatever canon novel they wanted, and nobody guessed it right. I even put my guess out there just, I thought it was going to be Knights of the Force. You know, I thought it was something kind of generic, not giving anything away. I was wrong. So it was, and, and I really didn't think Skywalker was going to be in the title. I mean, it's kind of a pleasant surprise, but I guess, you know, in hindsight, looking back, it almost have to be. With this being the end of the Skywalker saga, right? So, uh, like I said, the panel was all right, but the trailer was really great. The title is all right, uh, but uh, not only do we know, do we get information on Episode Nine? Really, I mean, little bit of information on Episode Nine. Uh, but we also found out from Bob Iger that they're taking a break from films after Episode Nine, which is another thing that I called months ago. I figured they'd take a break. You know, if I said if they were going to do ten, eleven, and twelve, which at this point I don't think they're going to. Uh, but I, but I guess there was going to be a, a break in the films and they're going to focus more on the Disney plus, uh, con uh, content coming out later this year, which is, is fine. You know, I mean, it's, it's one of those things where you've got five new films out, right? We, we've done five films in what, four years. Uh, and, and I, I, I guess you could say five films in five different years, but, uh, you know, 2015, 2016, 2017, 2018, and now 2019, I guess that is five different years, five films for five years. It's time to take a step back, take a break, let everybody kind of breathe with some of this smaller content, and then you know four or five years from now, or even longer, yeah, uh, just just take a nice break and then start to build up that that desire and and then the mouths watering for a new Star Wars movie. Build that up again so that when you announce the next big film, that's when everybody's going to start losing their minds, right? So, uh, coming out of celebration, also uh, there were I think I believe it was MTV did an interview with Kathleen Kennedy. And I even showed Kirsty this particular interview because it was a great interview. And it was one of those interviews where only a couple questions were asked, but so much information got dropped. It was insane. And it was information I'm surprised that Kathleen Kennedy even dropped at Celebration because this is still really early considering some of the things that she was talking about. Uh, and one of the things that she mentioned was that, you know, they've, they've, they're trying to hammer out the next 10 years of Star Wars. Uh, I don't know if she's talking about specifically films or Disney Plus material. Also, she did mention a lot of Disney Plus stuff. But they're trying to hammer out the next 10 years. We know, love it or hate it, whether you love The Last Jedi or not, it's still it's still happening. Ryan Johnson's getting his trilogy. And Benioff and Weiss, the showrunners of Game of Thrones, are getting their own Star Wars trilogy. And now we know that they're going to be running in tandem, one after the other. Kind of the way the saga films and the standalone films have been doing for the last several years. So we so we know about that, but the big thing that came out of this interview, and the biggest thing everybody's talking about, and they're actually running with it as a headline, which is it was kind of bullshit, really. Uh, there, she she was asked about any projects concerning Knights of the Old Republic, anything Old Republic esque, right? Which everybody has been clamoring for Old Republic stuff from the beginning, ever since Disney took over Star Wars, took over Lucasfilm. Everybody has been wanting. Uh, Old Republic stuff, and I, I think it's pretty well known at this point that Benioff and Weiss are going to be doing Old Republic stuff, maybe dabbling in it. I'm not entirely sure at this point after this interview. I could be wrong. She may be misleading, but she did make the comment that there is a project in development. They never said it was a film. They never said it was a TV show. They never said it was anything live action. She just said there was a project in 
development that had to do with Old Republic. Didn't say Knights of the Old Republic, said Old Republic. So that's exciting. Hopefully we'll be getting something about Darth Bane, you know, because everybody who watches this or has watched it for a while knows my favorite EU trilogy is the Darth Bane trilogy. Absolute golden trilogy. To see that brought into canon, I would lose my proverbial mind. I'd lose my literal mind, to be honest, but that is something that I think, and I've been saying it for a long time, Lucasfilm knows the fans want it. I think they wanted to get through this sequel trilogy first, close out the Skywalker saga so their hands aren't really tied to the Skywalkers, and then they're they're free to go whichever direction they want to talk, I mean, to talk, uh, tell this story in this part of the galaxy, or this story back in this era. Their hands are no longer creatively tied, right? So it's it's one of those things where, like I said, I think they just needed to get to the sequel trilogy before they started doing these other big projects, you know, and, and it's kind of expanding the scope of it out. And and I told you guys that was going to happen. So it, it looks like it could be coming very soon. Um, another panel that was happening at Celebration was the uh, Clone Wars Season 7 panel, which I've... I've been so excited for Clone Wars Season 7. I'm calling it Season 7. They were calling it Season 6, which I don't know where they're getting their numbers from because I consider Lost Missions, that like little 13, like episode half season, I consider that Season 6. So I'm not entirely sure. Netflix, can, uh, I mean, I believe Netflix considered it Season 6 while it was on. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it did say Season 6. So I consider this upcoming season Season 7. And we learned quite a bit about season seven we got a trailer for it finally and i mean even saw a few clips of footage from some of the episodes that they've got done uh and it's pretty obvious that this season is going to have a heavy focus on the siege of mandalore which is the storyline from uh maul son of dathomir darth maul son of dathomir the comic series it was like a four issue run that dark horse came out with before disney bought lucasfilm and it's one of the only pieces of uh eu stuff i guess you could say from pre-disney era that got brought into the canon right off the bat uh, the only I, the, the only things that brought over, got brought over were the original six films, the the Blu-ray versions, the original six films, that Son of Dathomir comic, and Clone Wars. I believe that was it. So, uh, it, 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 those those four issues, I'm hoping to see on this this season of Clone Wars. And from the trailer we saw, we see that Anakin's definitely giving Ahsoka the five hundred first, which I was which I predicted we would see in this. Filoni talked about that. Was it two years ago? I believe it was two years ago at Celebration when he was sitting down talking about some of the things he wanted to do with, you know, with Clone Wars at some point and, and never really had the chance to do. And, you know, he's telling the story about how Ahsoka got the 501st. And actually, Eckstein was in tears, the voice of Ahsoka. She was there. She was in tears hearing about everything her character was going to be able to get, you know, or somewhere in the future. And, and Dave Filoni even went through this giant spiel about how Ahsoka was betrayed by the clones during order 66 and how she escaped the clones through these wolf legs and everything and the wolves started eating clones and for a long time i've speculated because i've been asked on the podcast several times where did i think season seven of clone wars was going to end and some people i've talked to keep saying that they think it's going to end at the beginning of episode three where anakin and obi-wan are going off to save the chancellor personally i've been more along the lines of it's going to end somewhere in the middle of Episode 3, and we're going to see Order 66 from Ahsoka's point of view on Mandalore, which is something that we already know Captain Rex and, and a handful of other clones removed their inhibitor chips so that Order, the Order 66 wouldn't affect them, it wouldn't brainwash them. We already know that several of them took those chips out, and Rex is with Ahsoka on Mandalore along with the rest of these clones that still have the inhibitor chips. 
So this is going to be something that is very possibly, we very well could see Order 66, again, from the clone's point of view on Mandalore, trying to take Ahsoka out, and Rex looking around going, what in the hell are you guys doing? Especially considering during the trailer and some of the clips that we saw from Season 7 about how the clones still respect Ahsoka, even though she walked away from the Jedi Order. You know, so it's going to be really, really cool to see this, and it's going to be heartbreaking, and it's going to be one of those things that I think halfway through the season, Obi-Wan and Anakin are going to take off to go save the Chancellor to start Episode 3, and Clone Wars is going to finish with Ahsoka uh, trying to run from the clones and showing how she escaped and whatnot. So uh, I'm, I'm more cocksure of that than ever before. Uh, let me know in the comments, guys. I want to know what your guys' thoughts are. Where do you think Season 7 is going to end at this point? And what are some of your predictions for it? So, uh, the other uh, another panel. I mean, we've got a couple more panels to talk about here. Uh, another panel that happened during celebration was the Mandalorian. Now, for those of you that don't know, if you're tuning into this and you don't know, I don't know why you don't know to be honest. But uh, as of now, on this Disney Plus streaming service that's coming out this fall, we are getting our first live action Star Wars television show. Uh, it's supposed to be, I think, twelve episodes called The Mandalorian, takes place five years after Return of the Jedi. Jon Favreau is directing this. I mean, he's the showrunner of this thing. Dave Filoni has, has uh, directed an episode. Bryce Dallas Howard has directed an episode. Uh, uh, the director of Thor Ragnarok, I can never say his name correctly. Uh, he's directing an episode. I mean, there's so many insanely great directors doing episodes of The Mandalorian. And one of the things that this, that this panel showed was, uh, and, and, and rightfully so, they showed, a, I guess you could say, a sizzle reel, a sizzler reel of some behind-the-scenes stuff, some footage from the show, some of the episodes and whatnot, uh, and, and showed it to the to the people there at Celebration and kind of blacked out the live feed, which I, a lot of people were pissed off, and, and I understand why, but at the same time, I understand why they did it. People paid to get into that panel. They should be able to see something that nobody else sees right off the bat. That being said... Uh, I think like two days later, Richard J sent me a link to a YouTube video that had all of the footage they showed, kind of from a hand cam, and had it all spliced together, and I did a reaction video on it. Now, what I've seen in that footage, you can find that video on the, on the Star Wars Canon Podcast YouTube channel, by the way. What, what I saw during that footage was uh, the first thing they showed was, that was released to the public. They're, they're focusing on miniatures again. They actually took the time to go and build a miniature model ship of this, uh, I don't remember what the name of the, the ship was, it was Raven something if I'm not mistaken, uh, but, but they, uh, they actually built this thing and did old style miniature rigging like they did on the classic trilogy for camera passes on it, everything like, and it looks insanely great. I'm watching them talk about this uh these miniatures and they even had their own miniatures department for this show. I'm sitting them wa I'm sitting there watching them talk about this stuff and I couldn't help but get tears in my eyes and and actually feel my chest swell up because it was taking me right back to when when I was a kid I had the special editions from 1997 on VHS tape which by the way shout out to my neighbor Eric who came over, he gave me his old VHS box set of the special editions. My box got crushed years ago, uh, and, and he was kind enough to give me his, uh, his, so thank you, man, for that, by the way. Um, but at the beginning of A New Hope and those cassette tapes, there was like a five, six-minute documentary type thing that was showing how they went back and kind of 
redid some of the footage, and one of them was doing miniatures again with TIE Fighters, but it was the exact same technique that they used in The Mandalorian, and seeing that footage took me right back to those days of watching those VHS tapes and, and seeing these practical, I mean, hardcore practical effects happening again, and it's something you don't see in film very often anymore, and it's, it's, it's one thing that I've always talked about wanting to see uh, used, utilized in Star Wars again, and, and there's still one other thing that I have yet to see utilized, uh, and, and, and that is matte paintings. That, that's one thing I'd love to see show up in, in one of these future films, Mandalorian, even just anything at all, just to really give it that classic feel. But some of the things that we saw in this footage, just one thing in particular took my breath away. I was, in, I was like mid-sentence. You can go back and watch this video and see it. I was mid-sentence and it took the breath right out of me. When this robotic eyeball from Return of the Jedi and from Jabba's Palace pops out of the wall and is talking to the Mandalorian, same voice, same, same uh, language, everything. It all matched up beautifully. And, you know, seeing the Kuwaitian monkey lizards on the spit over the fire roasting and seeing the one behind it freaking out because it knew it was next. They were puppets. They weren't CG like we're seeing in these new films. They were, they were actually puppets like what we saw in Return of the Jedi with Salacious Crumb. So, you know, the gonk droids, the stormtroopers, this is the first time we've ever seen Empire stormtroopers post-Return of the Jedi. You know, and, and it's it's great to see, and, and you know, we learned quite a, well, we, we learned a little bit about the personality of the Mandalorian and whatnot, you know. And, and one of the best things about one of the clips that they showed was, you know, four stormtroopers have got their blasters on them, and he's got his blasters up. And they tell him, we've got you outnumbered four to one, and he's like, I like those odds. I love that. That makes this character so compelling to me, and I'm losing my mind. Can't wait to see this series anymore. Then we see the teaser trailer, right? They end up showing the trailer for The Mandalorian. And during this trailer, we're seeing Devorians, you know, those devil-looking aliens from A New Hope. We're seeing those. We're seeing Twi'lex. We're seeing, you know, uh, Rodians. We're seeing IG-88, the IG-88. I believe it's IG-88. We haven't confirmed that it is the IG-88. I guess I shouldn't say that. Uh, or, you know, it's another IG assassin droid going to town, spinning around, blasting and whatnot. That's exactly what the kind of stuff that I've been wanting to see in Star Wars for so long. And the fact that they're doing practical effects with this stuff all over again warms my heart in, in, in no small way. And, you know, I, we, I, I showed Kirsty some of this footage from The Mandalorian and, and whatnot. And I told her, in my opinion, remember, this is just my opinion. They should have been using these techniques back in 2013 when they started working on Force Awakens. 2014, whenever they started, whenever they started actual production on Force Awakens, this is what they should have been doing from the get-go. And you know, I, I know they did utilize a lot of uh, practical effects in, in the sequel trilogy, but not to this degree. This is insane. This is great. So, uh, and the fact that the Mandalorian has got the rifle, the holiday special rifle is just awesome beyond words. And it's funny to say that considering how much everybody hates the holiday special. Isn't that, that's kind of weird, isn't it? Um, but anyway, the Mandalorian panel was absolutely great. Some of the banter between Dave Filoni and John Favreau was great, especially, you know, John Favreau saying that they, at first they made the model just so he could have something on his desk and Filoni working on clone wars never had anything like that. It, some of the banter back and forth was just absolutely great. And uh, this, this panel was absolutely awesome. So if you guys haven't watched that panel, go back, find it on YouTube, and do yourself a favor and watch this panel. And if, if you don't know how to feel about The Mandalorian yet, which I can't imagine anybody not knowing how to feel about The Mandalorian just yet, definitely go watch this panel. Because it will. I was already excited 
But at this point, I think I'm more excited for The Mandalorian than I am Episode Nine. So uh, we'll see what they end up releasing to the actual public and high quality, considering, you know, uh, as, uh, concerning Mandalorian and whatnot. And I guess we'll just see. So uh, definitely go check out that panel, though. You won't be disappointed. Uh, another panel that uh, hit during Celebration, and this one I'm not entirely sure how I feel about, uh, was the panel for the upcoming video game, Jedi Fallen Order. And look, Fallen Order, I'm, I'm very excited for Fallen Order. Don't get me wrong, okay? And I, and I had a couple people comment to me saying, well, give it a chance. I'm going to give it a chance. Don't get, don't, I'm, not, I'm not bashing the game already. Don't, don't take that the wrong way. I'm not sitting here bashing the game. But just from what we saw, right, just from that trailer they showed us, which was only, I, I'm guessing, cinematics from the game. It was game assets and whatnot, but it wasn't any gameplay, which I called that too, by the way. I did say they were going to show the trailer at Celebration and then gameplay later on at E3. I guess we'll have to wait till E3 to see if they show gameplay. But because um, I saw a lot of people really upset that they weren't showing any gameplay. They focused more on the story aspect of it, which is kind of what I wanted. But the way I described it in my uh, reaction video to the trailer was it looked like they took uh, Force Unleashed and instead of having this powerful character of Starkiller in it, they took him out and put Kanan Jarrus in with his power set. Uh, and the same story as Kanan Jarrus also, by the way, running as a Padawan. Like, it's the almost exact same situation. And then made it with Battlefront 2 graphics. Because, I mean, I'm hoping, like, Richard Jake has said, uh, had commented and said he hopes it plays like Jedi Outcast. And, and I'm right there with him. I hope to God this game does well. I hope it's everything I want it to be and more. But just from the trailer that I saw, it looked like DLC for Battlefront 2. And, and you know, the game could come out and completely destroy that opinion. It could completely prove me wrong. And I'm hoping it does. Don't get me wrong, I really, really hope it does, but just from the trailer they showed, it looked like it was DLC for Battlefront 2, and that was that was essentially, they just added force powers, you know what I mean? And it took the star card system out, and, and, and you're just going to town meleeing. I'm hoping it turns out to be something like The Last of Us in the Star Wars universe. To this day, and I said this during my reaction video also, Last of Us is still my favorite video game, bar none, ever. It's so cinematic, it looks gorgeous, the acting in it was just beautiful, the story was great, level layout, gameplay, everything about that game was perfect. The first 10 minutes will rip your heart out and just, uh, just stomp on it. I'm hoping they can do something like that with Star Wars also. You know, make something very cinematic, and I'm hoping to God that's what they did. So I guess time will tell whenever we... Let's wait and see what some gameplay looks like uh, at E3, assuming they show some. But we did learn a little bit about the character. We learned his name. Uh, and I guess I didn't realize that the guy that's playing the Jedi is Joker from Gotham. I guess I didn't put those two together. I guess I never noticed that. But uh, very, very excited for it. And and, and I believe it or not, I am still excited for it, d despite what the trailer looked like. So... Uh, that happened also. Uh, we also got a trailer for Vader Immortal, a Star Wars VR series, which is going to be on Oculus, Oculus Rift. I don't own an Oculus Rift, so I'm trying to convince my wife to let me get one so I can review this Jedi, or this, uh, this Vader Immortal game when it comes out. And it's episode one, it's supposed to be a series, so, uh, guys, comment below, 
let my wife know, let Kirsty know, we need to do this. We got to be able to see what this is because I'm pretty sure I can live stream that to the YouTube channel. So I'm going to see if I can make that work. Uh, some of the other things that came out of Celebration are, you know, Disney Plus details coming out November 12th. It's going to be $6.99, uh, which is half the price of Netflix right now. Are you kidding me? Um, we thought Mandalorian was going to drop on it all 12 episodes, but they're going to be releasing those weekly, which kind of sucks. I really wanted to binge watch it, but I guess it, I guess it makes sense considering, you know, I'm probably going to want to do an after shows for each episode. That's for, for the patrons. Uh, but they're going to be putting every Star Wars film on there, everything except for, I think they said Solo and Last Jedi, and I think they're coming later, but everything up till then is going to be on there. I'm assuming Clone Wars and Rebels and Resistance are going to be on there. I'm assuming. I could be wrong. Let me know if you guys know different, but I haven't heard anything. Uh, and, you know, their entire library of other Disney films. I'm going to be a father, like, at the end of October, beginning of November, right when this thing is kicking off. This is This is... A dream come true for me as a future father, knowing that I'm going to have access to the entire Disney library ever for seven bucks a month. Like that's insanely great. I'm totally getting this this thing, and I and I can't wait for it. But speaking of uh, Disney Plus, we've got a a different series being released on there eventually. Cassie and Endor from Rogue One is getting his own. Uh, Live action series, and, and and obviously it's pre Rogue One. Obviously, all things considered, spoiler alert. He, you know, with the way Rogue One ends, he dies. Uh, but this is a series that I'm really, really excited about. But the big news that came out of Celebration concerning this series is Alan. Uh, oh, oh, what's uh, what's his last name? Uh, Tudic, I think is how you say it. K two S O is he's he's coming back to reprise his role as K two S O in this series, and I'm so excited for that. He was one of those droids that just won you over from the very beginning. You know what I mean? So uh, it, I'm I'm, I'm excited to see this series and obviously that's going to be coming later on down the road a couple years probably before we start seeing anything from that uh, i don't think we're going to see anything celebration next year but i would say maybe the celebration after that let's wait and see how the mandalorian goes but uh but also on top of everything else this is where a lot of the actual canon news is coming in because this is a canon YouTube channel, a canon podcast, so let's talk about some actual canon material other than the film. I mean, I guess everything so far has been canon, but let's talk about some stuff that uh, is more geared towards readers and, and, and stuff you can just get any store, right? I mean, not everybody has an Oculus Rift. Not everybody's going to be able to play that. Not everybody's going to get Disney+. Plus. Not everybody's going to be able to watch those shows. But this is stuff everybody can do right now. Uh, one of the big panels that I was looking to get some information out of was the Lucasfilm Publishing panel, talking about novels, comics, whatnot. And I was really hoping for more novel information. The only thing they said was that we're going to be getting a, uh, a Journey to the Rise of Skywalker book series this fall, but they didn't announce anything from it, nothing. Didn't even give any dates. Uh, didn't I didn't say what the content was going to be, nothing. Uh, and we got... Uh, a teaser, I guess, a teaser placard for something called Project Luminous, which nobody knows what it is. But from what it sounds like, it sounds, I mean, it's, it, I don't know. They haven't released anything about this thing. All we know is it's coming in 2020 and it's supposed to be a big Star Wars event as far as novels goes. The last time they announced a project like this, it was Project Blue Milk. And it turned, it turned out being, uh, from a certain point of view, the, the 40 short stories for the 40th anniversary of Star Wars. So there's no telling what this thing's going to end up being. Well, you know, we'll probably if they don't if they don't announce it between now and celebration next year, next year's we're, we're probably going to end up getting information for. It. I don't see that 
I don't see them waiting that long. We're going to get information about it this year. But uh, on top of those two things, we also found out, uh, I guess we, we uh, the novels that we know so far coming out are Alphabet Squadron uh, by Alexander Freed, Thrawn Treason, which is one I'm really looking forward to. This is going to be book three and a four Thrawn saga, a four book saga for, for Thrawn. Uh, and, and, and I'm still kind of on the fence about, I'm still trying to figure out where this novel is going to take place. Got to read it to find out. I didn't know where uh, uh, Thrawn Alliances was going to take place until like, I started reading the first page. And I was like, oh, got it. That's how this is going to work. Uh, but I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see where Thrawn Treason is going to take place. Last year, Timothy Zahn was at a Canadian con somewhere, and he was talking about how he's been commissioned to write four Thrawn novels. He, at this point, he, they were just getting ready to release Thrawn Alliances, and he said that one of those stories was going to be... He couldn't talk about it. He couldn't even talk about them, really, until after Episode Nine came out, right? Or about the last book, until Episode Nine came out. But we got Thrawn... Uh, treason coming out this year we got fourth book which he did say he was going to cover the story of what happened with him and ezra at the end of rebels so that's not this story so it's going to have to be the next one so the fourth book is probably this time next year when we're going to start getting what happened with ron and ezra which goes right in line with what i've said we're going to get more stuff between six and seven episode six and seven after episode nine comes out that because i still believe thrawn had a lot to do with the rise of the first order and uh, I, I still think that that's going to be where that novel's going to end up falling. So, uh, Thrawn Treason, I'm really looking forward to. They did show the cover, finally, of Galaxy's Edge, A Crash of Fate, which I think is a Lucasfilm Press book. It's going to be like a young adult thing. Uh, we've already got the cover for uh, Galaxy's Edge Black Spire. Uh, the, and, and, and the Galaxy's Edge stuff, they're really starting to focus on this Disney part quite a bit. Which, I, I didn't have it in my show notes, but... They did do a panel for Galaxy's Edge also, and one of the things they showed was this animatronic for Honda, which was gorgeous. Guys, you gotta go check this thing out. Uh, it doesn't even look like an animatronic. It looks somebody in a costume with the way it moved and whatnot. But anyway, they're really focusing on this Galaxy's Edge thing and, and the planet of Batu, which was introduced in Thrawn Alliances. So we've got Black Spire coming out by uh, Delilah S. Dawson, and then we've got one coming out from Lucasfilm Press, which I'm guessing goes right along with like what uh, The Legends of Luke Skywalker was. And it's uh, Star Wars Myths and Fables. And, I, and, and it, the cover of this thing is gorgeous. It, I mean, it's a Jedi fighting a dragon. You've got to be kidding me. How much more gorgeous can you get than a Jedi fighting a dragon? That's awesome. So I'm, I'm really excited for that one. It's probably just going to be another little collection of short stories like Legends of Luke Skywalker, which wasn't great, but there was a couple things in there that were pretty good. Uh, so that's coming out. And then uh, we've got, uh, I think, three new comic series that were announced. Uh, it was Galaxy's Edge is getting, I think, a five five or six issue run. Uh, TIE Fighter, which is going to kind of tie in with uh, Alphabet Squadron, which I guess is just the, the, the Imperials' point of view of what's going on in Alphabet Squadron, I guess, but it comes out like a month or two before the book. Uh, and then, I can't believe I'm saying this, but we're getting another freaking Vader run. Like, are you kidding me? Like, we, we, we've we got Vader Dark Visions running right now, which, by the way, if you haven't read Vader Dark Visions, go pick these two. I think they're only two issues in, maybe three, but I think, I, I know for a fact they're two issues in. I've read the first two. Holy crap. You want to talk about an awesome Vader run? Go pick up Vader Dark Visions. Absolutely great. But the fact that they're releasing another Vader run, and this one's called Target Vader, Jesus Christ, how many Vader runs are they going to do? 
I mean, you can only do so much with a with with a character, you know. And I'm sh I, I get it. Everybody loves Darth Vader. I get it. I'm well. My nephew doesn't. He's terrified of my Vader helmet. I actually put that thing on last weekend when they were all here, and he was. I mean, just trying to get away from his mother like crazy. But everybody loves Vader. I get it. But I feel like Vader fatigue is going to be setting in before we know it. And I don't want that to happen. I don't want Vader fatigue at all. And I'm afraid that's what's going to end up happening with uh, Target Vader. But speaking of Alphabet Squadron and TIE Fighter, this brings up an interesting uh, concept that I think I've talked about before on the Canon Podcast. And, and something I would really like to see in Star Wars. Because one of these things that Disney has done recently with, with Star Wars from the beginning. And, and one of the first things they actually started showing this in was the novel Lost Stars. Uh, and they started to humanize the Empire. And they started to show... I, I, I guess it actually goes back further than that. It goes back to Moving Target, which takes place between Episodes 5 and 6. Boy, I'm, I'm a nerd, aren't I? It's like, you know, whatever. Uh, but uh, it, it kind of shows this gray area that the Rebel Alliance is willing to work in. And, and you know, it used to be black-white. These are the bad guys. These are the good guys. Even in the opening crawl for some of the classic films, it says the evil Galactic Empire. That's pretty black and white to me. But now they're starting to do this gray area, you know, and we saw more of it in Lost Stars, humanizing the Empire. Then we saw more of the gray area with Rogue One, with some of the stuff Cassian Andor was willing to do for the Empire. We'll probably see more of that in the Cassian Andor series, which is the reason I'm so excited for it. Uh, but they're, they've made it a point to really humanize the Empire and to show that they were people, too, just taking orders. That's really all it was. So this, the, I had this idea, and I'm hoping that Lucasfilm ends up doing something like this. And I think and it doesn't have to necessarily be the Alphabet Squadron project. This could be a great precursor to it with the TIE Fighter comic. But I would like to see them come up with a story, uh, you know, of a group of rebels versus a group of Imperials. Something along those lines. Or even Resistance First Order. I'd probably prefer it to be in classic, you know, the Galactic Civil War era. I'd love to see them do something where they take a story and they write two versions of it. One version from the Imperials' point of view, and one version from the Rebels' point of view. It's the exact same story. Same events happen, everything, verbatim. But it's just from their different points of view, because point of view is a big thing with Star Wars. That, that's, a, that's a running theme through Star Wars. I would like to see them do something like that, where you choose which novel you're going to read first, and you read that one, and then you read the second one, and you're like, all oh, this was happening at the exact same time, simultaneously, concurrently with each other. But this is the point of view they had, why they were doing what they were doing, and this is why they were doing what they I'd love to see something like that. And I think it'd really, really be, that'd be a great marketing idea. You could do a lot of special marketing with that and really ramp it up to be something special. Love to see something like that. So I, I just kind of want to throw that out there also. But uh, I'm excited about the TIE Fighter series. I think it's a limited run also. It almost have to be. Uh, but that was really about all of the news that came out as far as canon material stuff. We did find out the Celebration 2020 is going to be held in Anaheim next year. Uh, I, I'm really hoping to hit up a Celebration at some point. If I was going to go to a Celebration, I would have rather have gone to this past one because of how big it was. I wanted to, And actually, Kirsty and I had talked about going, and I actually went on to buy tickets. And by the time I went on to buy tickets, there was there, all that was left were like these Jedi Master VIP tickets. And they were like 500 bucks a piece. There was no way that was happening. So... Uh, we ended up not being able to go, but it, it, it 
it is what it is. At least I, we were still able to stream everything for the most part and, and kind of get what was going on. But uh, this week we had a novel release, one I've been looking forward to for quite a while. I just picked it up today. I've already got it on the canon shelf. I've got a finished Queen Shadow, which I do have a review for Queen Shadow coming very soon. Uh, but as soon as that's over, Master and Apprentice by Claudia Gray finally came out. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm so excited to read this book. It, it, it's the first novel they've released that is pre-Phantom Menace. And this is Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon well before the events of Phantom Menace. They're on a mission together. And, I, and I'm, I'm so excited to, see the, to, to, to read this book. Uh, I'll get a review out for that as quickly as I can. Uh, another piece of news that they dropped was that we're getting... And, and, and people have asked me about this too on the podcast, about Star Wars Lego games. And we're finally getting a new Star Wars Lego game. And I wondered why we hadn't gotten one. Because the last time we got one was Force Awakens back in like... I mean, it was like June of 2016 when they dropped the, the Force Awakens Lego game. Which I 100%ed in like two weeks. Uh, and then they never released another one. They never released one for Rogue One or uh, Last Jedi or Solo or you know anything like that. And, and I've had people ask me why. Even on the podcast, I've, I think I've had mailbag questions. People ask them, why haven't we had another Lego game? And now I think we know. They've announced there is another one coming out, and it's supposed to encompass the entire Skywalker saga. All nine films. I don't know if it's going... And, and it also said some other canon material. Some other expanded universe stuff. Now, when I say expanded universe, it's not the old EU stuff. They're referring to the new canon stuff as expanded universe. The other is Legends. So, I'm, I'm willing to bet money it's going to be Rogue One and Solo. There's going to be Le uh, Lego versions of those. And, and it's supposed to be all in one game. That's insane. By the time they get this out, we're, I mean, we already know about the PS5 coming out next year. Are they going to get it out in time for that console? Who knows? So, uh, But there is a new Star Wars Lego game coming. And obviously, it's going to be one of those things that's like pseudo-canon. The events are canon, but the details are a little fuzzy. You know, it's it's this this physical slapstick lego comedy isn't canon obviously but the story events are so i call it uh canon concurrent or canon adjacent if you would so uh but it is supposed to feature the entire skywalker saga which means we're probably going to get it's we're going to be revamped of episodes one through six which sign me up right now i will i'll die playing this game uh and then probably rogue one and solo if i was guessing so I, that's coming as well uh in case you guys haven't checked out the Facebook page. Uh, this is the last thing I was going to tell you guys. Before we get into mailbag questions, uh, if you haven't checked it out already, head over to the Facebook page for the Star Wars Canon Podcast. Richard J. has painstakingly... <laughs> I looked at it today, and I'm, even I'm impressed. He put together a, a chronological timeline of all the events in Star Wars Canon so far. I think I'm going to have it permanently pay, uh, posted to the page to where you guys can check it out all the time. We're going to update it regularly. I used to have it up on the website, but now... Uh, the website's built more around the podcast, so I need to actually get a, 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 a... We needed a timeline, and now we have one. So thank you, Richard J., for that. You guys can head over to the Facebook page and check that out also. Uh, so that pretty much does it for the news, man. I told you, we're already 40 minutes into this thing. I told you there's a lot of news this week. There's so much to talk about. Uh, as far as mailbag questions go, I narrowed it down to five. And uh, let's see what you guys have to, uh, had to ask. So let me see if I can figure out which one of these placards is the one I need. And for some reason, my previews aren't on. So uh, anyway, I guess we're just going to see if we can. Oh, there it goes. Uh, so that's the last one. This will be the first one. There it is. I found it. I found it. So mailbag question number one this week comes from Natalie King. 
And Natalie asks, uh, we have, uh, we now have a title. You're right about them announcing it with the trailer at Celebration. Good guess. Uh, since this is the culmination of every Star Wars movie that has come before, do you think The Rise of Skywalker could be our first three-hour Star Wars film ever? I absolutely love your podcast. Keep up the great work, Brian. I do appreciate it very, very much, Natalie. Uh, and that's a great question. Concern, I mean, considering, obviously, Lucasfilm's owned by Disney, who also owns Marvel Studios. And and we can use Marvel as a, a pretty decent example of, of what we may be able to expect with Star Wars. Marvel right now is getting ready to culminate this... 11-year story of films. 22 movies by the time Endgame comes out next week, which we have tickets for 6 p.m. on Thursday. Oh, my God. They're culminating this giant 11-year, 22-film saga with a three-hour, two-minute Marvel film. Three hours, two minutes. Holy shit. Are you kidding me? We just went and saw Shazam last night. And by the end of that, I was already shaking because I had to use the bathroom. I can't, I can't figure out how I'm going to get through a three-hour Marvel film without going to the bathroom. But we'll, I guess we'll find out next week. Uh, but they're doing something. It, like I said, it's a three-hour movie, which is unheard of in Marvel. We've never seen a three-hour Star Wars movie. Now, granted, this isn't the culmination of as many films, but it's the culmination of more years. This is... 40, well, this will be the 42nd year for Star Wars. This is a huge deal. All right. So they very well could do. I'm not going to say that's not outside the realm of possibility that we could get a three hour Star Wars film. Do I think they're going to? I don't see it hitting the three hour mark. I see it coming really close, but I don't see it hitting. I mean, finally hitting and finalized hitting the three hour mark. Am I going to lose my mind if they do? Hell yes, I'm going to lose my mind if they end up doing a three-hour Star Wars movie. But it's something that isn't... I mean, if Disney's willing to do it with a Marvel film, you know they're willing to do it with a Star Wars movie. It's entirely possible. So, I mean, and you're right, it's culminating... What, this is going to be the ninth film in a saga. It really can't have anything to do with Solo or Rogue One, per se, but... Yeah, this is going to be a big deal. Especially after seeing the trailer... Are you kidding me? You and we all know what we're talking about. What, what I'm talking about here. The laugh at the end. This is going to be another cinematic event. We have two of these in one year. We've got Endgame coming up, and we've got Star Wars Nine. The culmination of two huge sagas. It's going to be a great year. I mean, I, and it's going to be an emotional roller coaster ride. I can't wait for any of it. I'm I'm so excited, but it's entirely possible that we could end up seeing our first three-hour Star Wars film, and I'm going to literally cry tears of joy if that happens. So, uh, I let me know, guys. What do you think? Do you think we could get our first Star Wars movie over the three-hour mark this year? Especially considering we're not going to be getting a film for a while after you know they're taking a hiatus. Maybe they are going to give us a nice huge film let me know guys i'd love to hear what you guys have to say uh question number two this week comes from Corey ward and Corey says i saw you commented on one of your recent videos saying you thought the new trilogy has been lacking some of the nostalgia from the older films due to the lack of r2 and 3po having major upfront roles i agree with you completely 
with JJ back behind the wheel, do you think we could see more of the droids? And who else do you think will be surprised with in uh, 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 The Rise of Skywalker? Uh, keep doing what you're doing, my man. Thank you so much for the question, Corey. And that's, yes, I did comment. I don't remember which video it was on. But I remember, and you're right, I, I, I do believe the new films have, I mean, how much screen time has R2 had in the last, in 7 and 8? What, maybe two minutes max between the two films? That's, no. Because in that same comment that you're talking about, I know which comment you're talking about. In that same comment, I, I, I fleshed out what my idea of the classic trilogy is. When I think classic trilogy, what's the first scene that comes to my mind? And it's Leia, Lando, Chewie, with 3 PO on his back, and R2, trying to escape Cloud City, trying to, to get to the Slave 1 to rescue Han from Boba Fett. And then trying to escape Cloud City, and the, I mean the combination of the music, the uh, the matte painting backgrounds, the 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 action that was going on, R two saving today with a smoke screen, opening up the doors, getting electrocuted, the banter between R two and three PO the whole time, like all of it was so perfect. And when I think classic trilogy, that's what I think of. Uh, and and we haven't seen R two save the day at all. You know, I, I get it. We're trying to put BB-8 at the forefront. But even BB-8 hasn't really been at the forefront a whole lot. He was, you know, uh, this... He was a plot device in The Force Awakens, essentially, carrying the, the map to Skywalker, but really hasn't saved the day the same way R2 used to in the classic trilogy. So, yes, I do think the new films are lacking that quite a bit. And a while back, they said that R2 had wrapped up his scenes, the the guy playing uh, the R two had wrapped up his scenes for episode nine, and I remember commenting saying, "What his his, his two forty five second scenes? Like that's it? Oh, big deal, you know." And, and and like I said, I do defend the new films, but that is one thing that is seriously lacking is R two and three PO. And I really hope, and I hope like what you said, now that JJ is back in charge, I hope this is something that he does. I he's already said the whole group of nine is staying together this time. Ray, Poe, Finn, Chewie, they're all staying together for the bulk of this film. Let me see R2 and 3PO. Put them at the forefront again. Put them at the, the front of the action the way they used to be. You know, have R2 opening doors, saving everybody's asses all over again. I want to see stuff like that again. And it's it, it, and if they do it, if we end up getting this three-hour movie, R2 and 3PO are going to have a bigger role in this. And I, and I think they've already said that 3PO's got a larger role in this film. I want to see R2 right there with him. I want to see the banter between the two again. You know, that's to me, that's Star Wars. So I hope, man, I, I, I really, really hope they end up doing that. As far as the other part of your question, who else do you think will be surprised with, uh, I'm assuming character-wise, making cameos? At this point, I'm not ruling anything out. After that trailer and Palpatine's laugh at the end of it, I am not ruling anything out. Nothing. At this point, all cards are on the table. I mean, do I, okay, do I think Shmi Skywalker is going to pop up? Like, no, there's not going to be a Force ghost of Shmi Skywalker. Padme's not going to pop up. But as far as the Force users go, shit, I wouldn't be surprised if Qui-Gon Jinn pops up at this point now. now I mean, I don't think he's going to, but it wouldn't surprise me. Uh, if I had to make some predictions on who I think is going to pop up, we've already seen Yoda in Episode Eight, so I'm not going to be shocked to see him again. We know... Palpatine is going to be in this, and and Ian McDermott has stated Palpatine is dead. So are we getting a Force Ghost or a clone? Who knows? 
But Palpatine's obviously back. Which, balls to bone, makes me believe we're going to get Obi-Wan, Anakin, in this film also. How could you not do the culmination of the Skywalker saga and not have the Force Ghost of Anakin and Luke side by side trying to fight the Emperor? Are you kidding me? This is, this is happening. I don't care what anybody else says. I, I don't care if I, I don't care if Mike Zero comes out and says, "Oh, I have it confirmed that it's not happening." It's happening. It's happening. This is happening. Anakin is popping up. Obi Wan's popping up, and they may not say anything. Well, Anakin will probably say something. Obi Wan may not say anything, but he's going to be there. Yoda may not say anything. He's going to be there. So that's that's my predictions. They are going to make appearances in this film. I don't know when. I don't know how, but it's going to happen. You mark my words. I, I swear to you, this is going to happen. So uh, I'm very, very excited for it. And, and and I'm hoping to God that this film ends up capturing that nostalgic feel again. Because like I said, like, like, and like you pointed out, I don't, I don't think the new ones have got it so far. I think Rogue One was the closest we've come to it, to be honest. So uh, thank you for the question, though, man. I do appreciate it. Uh, let's see here. Question number three this week. Let's move right on to this one. Comes from Lee Bowman. And Lee says, hey, Brian, big fan of what you do. Uh, thank you, brother. I appreciate it. Hope to hear your thoughts on when we'll be getting some canon material between Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens. There really isn't a whole lot there. I'd love to get a few more novels uh, of the big three together, since we will sadly not see them on screen together again. Uh, thanks for the question, brother. And it's funny you bring that up. And, and, and there's a reason I picked this question was because I was just talking to Richard J. last weekend and then later to Kirsty about what I thought the biggest difference between the EU and the new canon was. And the biggest difference that I can see, in the old EU, we had all these several novels that followed the big three through the entire novel. Han, Luke, Leia, and then Chewie, and the droids. Lando, even. All in these new no in these old novels and together, which made them feel like Star Wars movies, right? On paper. We haven't had anything like that in the new canon yet. Everything in the new canon so far is, oh, this character is getting a book, or this character is getting a book, or let's just tell some short stories about this, or you let's introduce a new character and, and tell their story. We haven't actually had any continuations of Han, Luke, and Leia all together. Granted, we've seen Han, Leia, Lando all in the same novel together. We've seen that. We've seen Han and Chewie novels together with Leia. But we haven't seen anything with Luke with everybody else. The, the closest we've gotten was uh, Aftermath Empire's End, when, when, when Ben Solo is born, and it says that Luke stopped in for just a real quick moment to meet Ben, say hi, and then he took back off into the galaxy. That's as close as we've gotten. So that is one of the big things I think this canon is missing, are stories with Han, Luke, Leia, Chewie, the droids, Lando even, Th these are stories that we want. These are stories that we need, you know? And, and and you're right. The best place for those to take place... Granted, we've been getting the stories in comic form. We've been getting plenty of comics with all those characters. But as far as, like, the meat and potatoes stories with the novels, we haven't gotten anything like that. And I think... And, and it fits right in with what you were saying. When do I think we're going to start getting some more stuff between Return of the Jedi and Force Awakens? After Episode Nine comes out. I'm sticking to my guns on that. We are, once episode 9 comes out this December this time next year we're going to be having a very different conversation about the era the canon material is taking place in 
it's going to be a very different conversation. And I'm really, really excited about it. That's closer than you think it is. We're going to be having that conversation way sooner than you think. And, you know, it's, it's like, like I said earlier, I'll, I'll, I'll elaborate a little bit more on it. I, I still believe that Thrawn, Grand Admiral Thrawn, still had everything to do with the rise of the First Order, at least a pivotal role in the rise of the First Order, considering his conversations with the Emperor in the Thrawn novels. And him just shooting off into the galaxy like that with Ezra. And then if we get this new Thrawn novel from Timothy Zahn telling that story, that's going to lead us right into post-Return of the Jedi pre-Force Awakens stuff. There is some stuff there. But you're right, there's not a whole lot. I mean, we've got, well, what have we got? we got the Aftermath trilogy, Last Shot, which really wasn't that great. Uh, Legends of Luke Skywalker, Bloodline, Phasma, uh, a couple of little small things. And that's that's essentially it. There's really nothing else in that era. I mean, we get the Shattered Empire comic and the Battlefront 2 campaign. I think that's it. We don't have anything else in that time period. You know, nothing substantial anyway. So, I, I'm if everybody will just be patient until after Episode 9, I think we're going to see an explosion of Star Wars material going off in different directions that you never even knew Star Wars material was going to go. Like I said, once we get past the Skywalker saga, we're going to be seeing films in different eras, films of different characters, films in different parts of the galaxy we've never seen before. We're going to be seeing live-action TV shows of eras we've never seen before. We're, I mean, it's, it's, we're going to see novels in between these two films. It's, it's going to be awesome. That, I, I, think it, I truly think it's going to be absolutely awesome. So keep an eye out after Episode 9. Uh, Come back and we'll see if we'll have the same conversation after that. I don't think we're going to be having the same conversation. But come back and we'll see what uh, what happens. So uh, thank you for the question, brother. I do appreciate it. All right. So let's see here. Question number four this week comes from Wayne Moran. Moran? I think I said your name right. Uh, Wayne says, Brian, greetings from Iceland. Thank you, brother. Uh, I can't believe I've got people in Iceland actually listening, to be honest. Uh, just found your channel during celebration, liked what I saw, and subscribed. Thank you, brother. I appreciate that. And by the way, real quick, uh, before I, I, I go any further, I wanted to bring this up also. Thank you guys, real quick, for helping me reach a 1,000 subscribers. That's insane. I, I, I was going to talk about that earlier at the beginning of the show, and I forgot about it. Thank you guys for helping me hit a thousand subscribers. That was that's absolutely insane. I never thought in a million years that I would ever get that far. I really didn't. So uh, thank you for that very very much, guys. But anyway, back to your question, Wayne. Uh, let's see here. Uh, I have read the entire library of Star Wars books uh, that oh, I just lost where I was that are <laughs> that are referred to as legends. Likewise, I have read every novel that is now considered canon. So far, I am greatly enjoying the new canon more than anything from the EU. My question. Is if you had if you had to erase one piece of canon, what would it be and why? I'm curious to see if our answers line up. Uh, thank you for the question, brother. And anybody, and I when I say anybody, I mean anybody who has listened to the canon podcast for any amount of time knows that there is there's a few pieces of canon that are just utter garbage in my opinion, but there's one that takes the cake of all the rest. It is the lowest of the low. And, and you know, there's been some pretty bad stuff that's come out since this book, but I have not seen one yet that I was ready to say was worse than this. I'm going to say it was the third canon novel they released back in 2015, and it was Heir to the Jedi. This novel 
and remember, this is just my opinion. You guys might read it and love it, but I'm just, I read this book. I'll put it to you this way. It took me three months to read the book. It took me three months to read this book. And it's not even a long book. I don't even think it breaks 300 pages. But it took me three months to read the book. And the only reason I finished it was because Lords of the Sith was the very next book that was out. I bought it and didn't want to start it until I finished Heir to the Jedi. That's the only reason I even read it. I don't want it on my canon shelf. The story with Heir to the Jedi, uh, what happened with the book, not the story, but the book itself, this book was already in the process of being published when they did the Slate Wipe. It was supposed to be an EU book. They did a Han book, a Leia book, and a Luke book. supposed to be a trilogy. The Han and Leia books released with the EU. I don't remember what the titles of them were, but I know they released. And then this book was already in the publication process, and they said, well, we'll change a few things here and there and just make it canon. So we got this Luke Skywalker story that was, in my opinion, abysmal. And, and, and you know, I might not be the only person who thinks this, because think about it. When's the last time Kevin Hearn wrote a Star Wars book? That was the last one. When's the last time he was asked to write another Star Wars book? It's never happened. The thing about this book, and, and this wasn't what was wrong with it. It was written in first-person point of view, where Luke was telling the story, where instead of it saying Luke went and did such and so it said, I did such and such, right? And then he was using the word via, which is not like Luke at all. It didn't sound like Luke telling the story at all. Uh, at one point, he catches an alien, uh, what's, uh, I can't use the M word, uh, self-pleasuring, I guess is the best way I could describe it. Uh, that happens in this book. The whole book is just Luke trying to get laid by this pilot. He goes on like two or three missions that have, the book said they had something to do with each other, but they didn't. They had nothing to do with each other, hardly at all. And then the book just builds up to this climax and just ends, just cut off. Like there's, it doesn't really feel like there was any resolution to it. I, I didn't care for the book hardly at all. The only cool thing that happened in it was he got a hold of a lightsaber from a, from a dead Jedi and kind of tinkered with it a little bit, took it apart, saw how it worked and whatnot. But that was about it. So wasn't a fan of Heir to the Jedi. And if, I mean, there are other things that rank up or with it as, as just crap. The, the C-3PO Phantom Limb comic was not good. The Chewbacca five-issue comic run, not good. Last Shot, the, the novel that came out around Solo with uh, Han and Lando that went back and forth in different time periods, not good. Most Wanted, which also came out around Solo, not good. There's been a few, I mean, some... Uh, I'm going to say 80% of the stuff in Legends of Luke Skywalker, not good. Uh, the only story that was really worth reading in Canto Bite, and I know people hate the Canto Bite stuff. I, 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 I get that. But the only story in that in that novelette that had the four stories in it worth reading was by John Jackson Miller, and it was The Ride. That was an insanely great story. It was so good. But other than that, I mean, the first Aftermath book was more all set up for the next two books, but... I guess you can't really knock it for that. It was just slow. There's been some serious pieces of crap in the new canon. And I don't I don't mean that lightly. I, I, there's been some seriously abysmal stuff. The, the Lando Double or Nothing 5-issue run they came out with, Around the Time Solo, came out. Not good. There's been a lot of stuff. And it seems like a lot of it came out around Solo. And I'm not even that big of a fan of Solo either. I mean, it was good, but it wasn't like, oh, greatest Star Wars movie. No, it wasn't like that. But... There's been some things that just were not good. You know, some of the story arcs in the Star Wars comic, I think we're up to, we're in the 60s on issues now. Some of the stories in the Star Wars comics weren't good. Some of those story arcs, I didn't give two shits about. 
you know? But then on the other hand, you've got things that were just great. Like, I mean, so far, every Vader run they've done, they haven't done a bad Vader run yet. They've nailed every single one of them. The first Vader run, 25 issues, nailed it. The second Vader run, which was like Vader year one, I guess you could say. It was right after Anakin became Darth Vader. 25 issues of that, nailed it. Uh, Vader Down, which is a, a, a crossover arc between Star Wars and Darth Vader, nailed it. Vader Dark Visions, nailed it. I mean, th th a lot of this stuff is really, really good. Lost Stars, great. anything by Claudia Gray. I'll just say that much. I think Jay messaged me the other day and said the name Claudia Gray, and then parentheses says bows at the name of Claudia Gray. That's exactly the way I feel. It's just she could write every Star Wars book from now on, and I'm cool with it. So, uh, But there's been some great stuff, but there's been some crap too, man. The, the, the Leia 5-issue run, the story was okay, but the artwork was just shit, you know? So, but if I had to delete one thing, it's going to be Heir to the Jedi. That novel, I just, oh my god. the, the <laughs> uh, I told Kirsty not in such a polite way, but I wouldn't use the pages of that book as toilet tissue. It's that bad. I, I just, I, oh god, man, I just... It's it's not good. I need to do a... I, I can't believe I'm going to say this. I need to reread it and actually do an updated review of it. I can't believe I'm going to put myself through this. I, I'd rather get tased in the genitals than to read that book again. It was just... It was horrible. So uh, let me know, guys. If you could erase anything from the new canon, what would it be? Don't be one of these people that's like, oh, I'd erase all of it and bring the EU back. Don't be one of those guys. If you could erase anything from the new canon, one thing, what would it be? I want to hear your guys' thoughts. Uh, and, you know, even A New Dawn, which I like John Jackson Miller's writing quite a bit, but even A New Dawn was, eh, it was okay. It wasn't the greatest, but it was all right. So uh, it's it's just not up there with the with the best, in my opinion. So uh, I, thanks for the question, though, Wayne. I do appreciate it. Uh, like I said, guys, let me know. I want to hear what your guys' thoughts are on what pieces of canon you guys would erase. So, uh, and we got one mailbag question left. Let's get on to this. Question number five comes from Neil Schultz this week. And Neil says, hey, Brian, great channel and podcast. Uh, thank you, brother. I do appreciate that more than you know. Found you while looking at reaction videos for the episode nine trailer and began exploring your channel more. You are a gentleman and a scholar and what every fan of Star Wars should be. Thank you, brother. I do appreciate that. Uh, I was lucky enough to be at Celebration this year. And in my opinion, the episode nine panel was a bit dull, the trailer excluded. What were your thoughts on the panel, and how excited are you for the return of Palpatine? Keep doing what you're doing, and someday you'll be seeing, we'll be seeing you host one of those panels. Thanks for the question, Neil. Uh, and don't be putting ideas like that in my head, because that'll those unrealistic expectations and dreams that will never be fulfilled. So, uh, But I do appreciate the kind words. Uh, you're right. The panel for Episode Nine was, like I was saying earlier, pretty lackluster. There wasn't a whole lot to it and i think it had a lot to do with jj not really exuding a confidence or an excitement you know it was more of uh well this is what we're doing blah blah and normally i, I get it it's it, you got to be secretive about the film i get this is a huge deal i get it had he not done the panel for episode seven i probably wouldn't be complaining about how dull this panel was but the panel for seven, he was energetic and was, I mean, he was excited about what he was talking about and all this stuff. He didn't have that excitement this time around. Does it worry me about the movie? Not so much, because I'm sure there's so many factors that could, that could have caused that. 
like I said, he could be exhausted. Two Star Wars movies in, in what, three, four years? I mean, that's that's a lot, right? Even taking a break in between, that's still a lot of work. And it, it, it's, you know, it, I, I don't know. He could have had a bad morning. He could have been he could have been feeling sick that day. I don't know, but you're right. It, it just it was dull. We found out about a couple of characters' names. We found out essentially where the characters are. Uh, and, and to be honest, I wasn't a fan of Stephen Colbert hosting it. Stephen Colbert. As soon as they announced Stephen Colbert, I'm like, oh, Are you serious? Really, Stephen Colbert? Nobody cares. God, really. And, and you know, I might be guilty of of this. That might have something to do with where he sits politically and where I sit politically. But at the same time, they could have chosen when Josh Gad hosted the episode eight panel. That was a great, great panel. And especially considering he had been leading up to the panel with these videos of Daisy Ridley asking, are you the last Jedi? Is Luke the last Jedi? You know, all this other stuff, trying to trick her into answering these questions. And it let, it made perfect sense to have Josh Gad host that panel. Stephen Colbert? Really? Eh, I'm not a fan of the guy. But, I mean, that aside, I was like, all right, well, we're still going to watch the episode 9 panel. And Lucas, or Lucasfilm, uh, yeah, Lucasfilm President Kathleen Kennedy comes out with J.J. Abrams, and they, I mean, Kathy was kind of the same way she always is on panels, all the, ha, you know, the motivational speaker, but J.J. did not seem like he really cared to even be there. I don't know, I just, it's just, maybe I'm wrong, maybe I'm just looking at it the wrong way, maybe you guys saw something I didn't, but it just didn't look to me like he really, really wanted to be there. Uh, so yeah, it was kind of dull. You know, the, I mean, we found out a couple of tidbits about, you know, the Skywalker saber is still alive. And then we saw later in the trailer that it was, that it's been mended, but she, you know, Daisy Ridley did drop something interesting. She did say that's not the end of the story of the saber. I think she's going to get another saber somewhere in this, or she's going to have another one. And then she's going to fix the Skywalker saber, you know, along the line. But that's about all we learned. That's about it. And that they're all going to be together. You know, most of the stuff we learned about episode nine from this trailer or from this panel came from the trailer, which is weird considering how vague the trailer was, right? I, the, the, the panel was dull, but it all did culminate with the trailer and the title being revealed, which is really, really cool. Uh, and, and, and I think what everybody really cared about in the first place, I think everybody was just sitting there, oh, come on, come on, come on, get this hour up. Cause we want to see the trailer. And, and I found myself. Just kind of wanting to turn the the, the panel off, you know. I, I turned it off when the trailer came up because I didn't want to see the trailer yet. I want to do a reaction video to it. But even halfway through, it, I was like, I don't care about this. Like I was just, I, I didn't feel like I needed to be excited because J.J. Abrams wasn't excited. But I could be wrong. Like I said, I, I could be extremely, extremely wrong. The other part of your question: What were your thoughts on the panel, and how excited are you for the return of Palpatine? You have got to be excuse. My French, if there are children watching this, I apologize in advance. Please cover their ears for just a second. You have got to be fucking kidding me. Palpatine is back? Like, this is going to be great. This is what... And I've seen people say, oh, well, they just put Palpatine in it because, you know, they're trying to win fans back. But then when you start talking, you see interviews with Kathy saying that they talked about this back when Force Awakens was being talked about. 
this is this is insane. This is going to be absolutely awesome, and I cannot wait for it. Um, we don't know what form he's going to be taking yet. We don't know anything like that. We don't know if it's going to be a force ghost. We don't know if it's going to be a clone or anything like that. You know, I mean, we know that Matt Smith is in this movie, and we have no idea what his role is yet. And Matt Smith could pull off a young Palpatine clone, to be completely honest. I don't know, man. Because that laugh did not sound like a young... It didn't sound like a laugh that a young Palpatine could pull off. It sounded like a laugh that a distorted, de- you know, deformed Palpatine would pull off. You know, it had that Ian McDermott sound to it. It wasn't a Matt Smith sound. So, I don't know if this is going to end up being a Force ghost or or what, right? But I'm so, so stupidly... It's got me more excited for 9 than I already was. But it didn't get me more excited than The Mandalorian. If that gives you, if that gives you any any idea. I, I'm very, very excited to see Palpatine come back. I'm curious to see how he comes back. And I asked Kirsty today, and I'm curious to what you guys think. Let me know in the comments below. We're, we're going to get one more trailer for, for uh, Rise of Skywalker. And it'll probably end up being in October sometime. If it follows suit from their other Star Wars films, it'll be in October sometime. That'll be when the tickets go on sale for the film as well. Probably break all the websites again the same way Endgame did uh, in The Force Awakens. In that trailer, now that we already know Palpatine's going to be in it, right? We already know he's going to be. Do you think they're going to show Palpatine in the next trailer and as a follow-up if you were in charge of this trailer would you show palpatine in the trailer do you think we need to see him maybe some mention of him but kirsty i asked kirsty today and she doesn't seem to think that he's gonna pop up in the trailer i seem to think he's going to so let me know guys in the comment section below what do you guys think are we gonna see palpatine in the next trailer for uh rise of skywalker I want to hear your thoughts. I'll go through the next few days and read those comments. So I think that's going to pretty much do it for this episode of the Star Wars Canon Podcast, guys. It's been an insane episode. We've talked about so much stuff. And I just, it's it's been a good episode. We've gone over an hour. And uh, I think we're going to be signing this one off. So, guys, make sure to check out the website. It is StarWarsCanonPodcast.com. It's where you can find this episode and all other episodes of the Star Wars Canon Podcast. Make sure to check out the YouTube channel. Uh, Those of you who are already watching, uh, obviously, have already checked it out. But those of you listening on Spotify and iTunes, make sure to check out the YouTube channel for the live feed of this podcast. Uh, and, And make sure to hit that subscribe button and notification bell. I'd sure appreciate it. You can also find us on Spotify and iTunes for those of you listening on on uh, YouTube. Uh, And guys, I mean, make sure to check out the Facebook page. That's the only other thing I can think of. Make sure to check out the Facebook page. Richard J is doing a hell of a job of uh, running that. And we've got a new Facebook moderator, a new Facebook admin. We just added Nick Albers, uh, who is now running. He's going to be our resident prequel defender. Uh, with, I think he said Attack of the Clones excluded. I think he's not defending Attack of the Clones, but he's defending everything else. So, uh, make sure to head over to the Facebook page and welcome him to the, uh, admin list as well. And for those of you who are interested, uh, I'm going to be starting, or I'm, I've taken a little bit of a break from after shows for the Patreon, uh, page, but I'm getting ready to start them back up. We've been watching Resistance, Rebels, and Clone Wars. Uh, watch the full episode with me on that 
uh, platform. Uh, I think it's only, I think I've got it set at a couple bucks a month and you guys get access to all of that. So make sure to head over there if you're interested in watching Clone Wars Resistance and uh, Rebels with me. And then soon the Mandalorian and Clone Wars season seven. So it's going to be an absolute blast. I'm even thinking about doing the actual films. Let me know if you guys want to see the films, uh, kind of commentated i guess you could say on, on the patreon so make sure to head over and check those out guys it has been an absolute blast talking with you tonight and i uh, i couldn't ask for a better group or community so thank you guys and until next time this is brian signing off may the force be with you